of Human Bondage by William Somerset Maugham, Chapter 7. Sunday was a day crowded with incident. Mr. Carey was accustomed to say that he was the only man in his parish who worked seven days a week. The household got up half an hour earlier than usual. No lying abed for a poor parson on the day of rest, Mr. Carey remarked as Mary Ann knocked at the door punctually at eight. It took Mrs. Carey longer to dress, and she got down to breakfast at nine, a little breathless, only just before her husband. Mr. Carey's boots stood in front of the fire to warm. Prayers were longer than usual and the breakfast more substantial. After breakfast, the vicar cut thin slices of bread for the communion, and Philip was privileged to cut off the crust. He was sent to the study to fetch a marble paperweight, with which Mr. Carey pressed the bread till it was thin and pulpy, and then it was cut into small squares. The amount was regulated by the weather. On a very bad day, few people came to church, and on a very fine one, though many came, few stayed for communion. There were most when it was dry enough to make the walk to church pleasant, but not so fine that people wanted to hurry away. Then Mrs. Carey brought the communion plate out of the safe, which stood in the pantry, and the vicar polished it with a chamois leather. At ten, the fly drove up, and Mr. Carey got into his boots. Mrs. Carey took several minutes to put on her bonnet, during which the vicar, in a voluminous cloak, stood in the hall with just such an expression on his face as would have become an early Christian about to be led into the arena. It was extraordinary that after thirty years of marriage his wife could not be ready in time on Sunday morning. At last she came in black satin. The vicar did not like colors in a clergyman's wife at any time, but on Sundays he was determined that she should wear black. Now and then, in conspiracy with Miss Graves, she ventured a white feather or a pink rose in her bonnet, but the vicar insisted that it should disappear. He said he would not go to church with the scarlet woman. Mrs. Carey sighed as a woman, but obeyed as a wife. They were about to step into the carriage when the vicar remembered that no one had given him his egg. They knew that he must have an egg for his voice. There were two women in the house, and no one had the least regard for his comfort. Mrs. Carey scolded Marianne, and Marianne answered that she could not think of everything. She hurried away to fetch an egg, and Mrs. Carey beat it up in a glass of sherry. The vicar swallowed it at a gulp. The communion plate was stowed in the carriage, and they set off. The fly came from the Red Lion and had a peculiar smell of stale straw. They drove with both windows closed so that the vicar should not catch a cold. The sexton was waiting at the porch to take the communion plate, and while the vicar went to the vestry, Mrs. Carey and Philip settled themselves in the vicarage pew. Mrs. Carey placed in front of her the sixpenny bit she was accustomed to put in the plate and gave Philip threepence for the same purpose. The church filled up gradually and the service began. Philip grew bored during the sermon, but if he fidgeted, Mrs. Carey put a gentle hand on his arm and looked at him reproachfully. He regained interest when the final hymn was sung and Mr. Gray passed round with the plate. 
When everyone had gone, Mrs. Carey went into Miss Graves' pew to have a few words with her while they were waiting for the gentleman, and Philip went to the vestry. His uncle, the curate, and Mr. Graves were still in their surplices. Mr. Carey gave him the remains of the consecrated bread and told him he might eat it. He had been accustomed to eat it himself, as it seemed blasphemous to throw it away. But Philip's keen appetite relieved him from the duty. Then they counted the money. It consisted of pennies, sixpences, and three-penny bits. There were always two single shillings, one put in the plate by the vicar and the other by Mr. Graves, and sometimes there was a florin. Mr. Graves told the vicar who had given this, It was always a stranger to Blackstable, and Mr. Carey wondered who he was. But Miss Graves had observed the rash act and was able to tell Mrs. Carey that the stranger came from London, was married, and had children. During the drive home, Mrs. Carey passed the information on, and the vicar made up his mind to call on him and ask for a subscription to the Additional Curate Society. Mr. Carey asked if Philip had behaved properly, and Mrs. Carey remarked that Mrs. Wigram had a new mantle, Mr. Cox was not in church, and somebody thought that Miss Phillips was engaged. When they reached the vicarage, they all felt that they deserved a substantial dinner. When this was over, Mrs. Carey went to her room to rest, and Mr. Carey lay down on the sofa in the drawing room for forty winks. They had tea at five, and the vicar ate an egg to support himself for evensong. Mrs. Carey did not go to this so that Marianne might, but she read the service through and the hymns. Mr. Carey walked to the church in the evening, and Philip limped along by his side. The walk through the darkness along the country road strangely impressed him, and the church with all its lights in the distance, coming gradually nearer, seemed very friendly. At first he was shy with his uncle, but little by little grew used to him, and he would slip his hand in his uncle's and walk more easily for the feeling of protection. They had supper when they got home. Mr. Carey's slippers were waiting for him on a footstool in front of the fire, and by their side, Phillips. On one shoe of a small boy, the other misshapen and odd, he was dreadfully tired when he went up to bed, and he did not resist when Marianne undressed him. She kissed him after she tucked him in, and he began to love her. End of chapter 7